Welcome back to Talk That Science and to our first episode of Must Discuss, a new format where we open up a discussion about the most pressing questions in science. We invite a group of students and researchers from different disciplines to shed their light on the subject from their point of view. And today we must discuss time, that mysterious force which makes our clocks tick. We live in the present, we remember the past, and we anticipate the future. But why is this the case? Where does this asymmetry come from? And what do we mean when we talk about the present? Both philosophy and physics provide answers to these questions. And in this episode, we will look at how modern physics influences our understanding of time. So today we're going to talk about time and specifically about how our conception of time is influenced by physics. And yeah, this topic personally fascinates me a lot. So I'm very excited to discuss it today with both philosophers and physicists. So with us are uh, Sean Gribb. Hi, Sean. Hi. Hi. So you're a PhD student uh, from Groningen and you're doing research at the intersection of physics and philosophy, which is really cool. So thanks for being here. Yes, thanks. Thanks for having me. And then we have Grace Xiao. Hey. Hello. Hey. So you're doing a master's in logic and philosophy, right? Yes. Cool. And we have Hede Fokoma. Hello. Hi. You're an ex-physics student and currently doing a master's in mathematics. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing uh, I'd like to discuss is how relativity theory changes the way that we think about time in the universe. Um, and one thing that has always puzzled me is this uh, twin paradox. Maybe, Hida, you can tell us a bit about it. Have you, have you been taught it in your degree, in your physics degree? Yeah, so during my uh, relativity course, this is one of the problems that you uh, see, and they also explain how it works. So what the problem is, is that if you have two people, two twins, and one person travels away from Earth at a high speed, um, then we'll, because you're traveling at a high speed, the time you experience will be different from each other. And if you actually go back, what you will see is that the, the twin that's gone away will be younger than the twin that's stayed on Earth, Whoa. which is quite a surprising result. Yeah, that's crazy. So basically you're saying that if you move at high speed, your clock takes more slow, slowly, like slower? Yeah, if you move at high speed, your clock will be slower relative to someone who is not uh, moving. Okay, yeah. Well, um, cool, and Sean, maybe we can ask you, so um, what does this say about um, events in the universe? Like, I believe that uh, relativity theory doesn't only tell us about how the duration of time is relative, but also it tells us that um, we can never really say that two things happen at the same time. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, I think the, the basic lesson from, or one of the, the most important lessons from relativity theory is that um, the way that you experience time uh, depends on how you're moving relative to other people. Um, so, like in the twins paradox, um, whether you're getting pushed around and traveling at different speeds, you might 
have less time go by for you than if you didn't get pushed around. Um, but also, whether or not, like you said, two things happen at the same time, that can also depend on how you're moving. So if I'm just sitting in a room and I snap my fingers, right, and you all say, oh, those two fingers were snapped at the same time. But if I'm in a rocket ship or a satellite traveling through space at high speed, like a speed close to the speed of light, I'll notice or I'll, I'll infer that these two finger snaps, the same ones that we thought happened at the same time, actually happen at different times. Well, okay, so is there also no definite way to then say um, what is happening now is the same for everyone? So if we talk about the present, for example, we can we can define that as all things that happen at the same time that happened now so then what happens to the present basically yeah exactly i mean that's the crazy thing about relativity is that we used to think that the present was just something that everybody shared you know yeah. everybody shared because it's the the moment in which you know my finger snapped but uh if different observers moving different ways disagree about the order that events happen how can you say there's a consistent present moment it, 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 what you wind up with relativity is that that you know time is relative and in particular that the present is relative so i have my own present and a person in a rocket ship traveling close to speed of light has a different present and those two things don't necessarily match yeah that's so crazy and yeah, this is exactly what I wanted to talk about. So, for example, I was also curious, Heide, like, did, um, did the stuff you learn uh, from relativity theory kind of change the way you thought about time or the present? Or like, how do you picture time? Yes, def I would say definitely. I think before, Especially because it's one of the first courses you do, so before you have sort of have a very naive view of physics and view the world as yeah, time is now, uh, space is sort of what we see around us, and then yeah. by doing all these calculations and in relativity, you sort of see that really weird stuff can happen. Um, so the, the universe is a lot more complicated than you, you thought before it, but also uh, it made. For me, it made the accepting weird results later on more easy <laughs> because, <laughs> because uh, yeah, the first thing you sort of learn is that, well, yeah, time can be uh, very different for someone else, so um, then what else can be different? Yeah, yeah, that's already interesting. I think that's one of the like fun part, or sometimes the uh, kind of scary parts about learning physics is that. You know, every year you get bombarded with this crazy, like you, you were told that all your intuitions are wrong and you have to relearn every, like the way you understand the world. And it's like at some point you're like, oh, my God, you know, year after year, you're like, oh, anyway. Yeah. Um, but it's also the, the fun part. Mm -hmm. I also like how you said year after year, as <laughs> yeah. using time. <laughs> yeah. Who's year? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um. I also would like to then take this to philosophy because, uh, yeah, if if 
physics changes the way we think about time, this also has an influence in philosophy because I believe they're uh, independently of special relativity theory or physics, there, uh, there are some like different philosophical views about the reality of events in time, basically. Mm. Um, Grace, maybe you could explain a little bit about what kind of views exist. Yeah, I think, um, so about time, I think there were like at least a lot of views, but one, the most current one is eternalism versus presentism. Um, but I think eternalism is kind of adapted using the special theory of relativity later on, and then they think if time is relative, then there is no absolute present. Then does that mean that the present and the past and future have the same value, or are they as real as okay. each other? Yeah. Um, and then I think presentism just support the idea that present is the most real and most precious one, or like just the reality. And then there are different different differing views with like if past is real or if future is real so there's like growing block theory and shrinking block theory basically it's just philosophers agreeing with past events are more real than future or future events are more real than past okay so the so there are many views okay we have yeah. so presentism so that is when only the the present, the present exists yes. and the events in the future and the past they don't exist yes okay and opposed to that was eternalism, and that's when uh, also the events in the past and the future are real. Yeah, they exist in the same way. But they exist some, in the same way. Yeah, yeah, some philosophers would say past event existed, which assigns the word existing a different value, a little bit slightly different value than like exist. Yeah. But yeah, it's still a hot debate, I guess. Yeah. Uh, okay, and in what sense then, or maybe one of the physicists can uh, answer that question. Like, why would it be that relativity theory um, would be more consistent with eternalism, or do you not agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of physicists and philosophers did kind of try to take the lesson that um, special relativity is more consistent with eternalism than it is with presentism because if everybody has a different present then how can you say that the present is the only thing that's real well, who's present right which present are you talking about and if there is one observer's present that is somehow more real than all the other ones why why is it that one um and so i think that most people turn toward something like eternalism um, because they were unhappy with presentism. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but so that means that we like live in this. Um, like how do you? How can I picture this? Like, so I should picture four dimensions, right? Because we have the three space dimensions and then one time dimension. Is that right? And then all the events in space time would then already exist is that so i i don't know like one way i like to think about eternalism and and i think you already said this grace but some people talk about the block universe that the universe is a block and they mean a block so what they mean is is imagine if like space and time was a loaf of bread 
and then you take the loaf of bread and like the long part of the loaf of bread is like the direction that time goes and then the fat part is the way that the space goes and then you can just slice that loaf of bread you know and each of those slices is like the present someone's present now in relativity theory you can just cut that loaf of bread different ways you know and so you have all these different presents that are just different ways of slicing that block universe yeah slice that loaf of bread okay so eternalism basically says that the whole loaf is real yes okay but there are like consequences right for example free yeah. will is basically rejected because you the future is already determined or like you already know future is real yeah that's another like huge problem like wh what yeah. does that mean if future events are just as real as the present yeah that's crazy but i don't know about um like hit in your um in your courses would they would the teachers be uh, concerned with these types of implications or would they think about these types of views like paternalism, presentism? Uh, personally, I, in my study, I haven't, I haven't seen these uh, kind of uh, questions being posed. Or it was always uh, just get through the calculation and then well, with an interesting result and then move on. Yeah. Uh, that's how I, at least in the undergraduate, uh, how it went. So most of these questions I've read in, in books about it.
what could I say? Oh, if I had another chance to make you stay. Cause when you ran away, I knew just what you were thinking that day. You just didn't love me like I do. I love you The sad thing is We're better off this way Time will show You can't hear the thing Time will show When you're lost in the dream The Time will show When you wait by the phone Okay, so um, we have different views available uh, to think about which events exist, so about time in the universe, and uh, two possible ones were presentism and eternalism. And Grace, I would like to ask you uh, a question about, so suppose that uh, eternalism, which could be consistent with special relativity theory, Suppose that eternalism were true, so all the uh, the events that are past and future, they, they also exist. Um, what does this mean for our existence? Like, Do we then exist as some long stretching worm through this loaf of bread? Or um, Yeah, I think... There's the temporal parts theory that's available right now. I think it basically talks about um, how we exist as, yeah, a space-time warm, basically, type of shape. And so, for example, on Tuesday, I was sitting down for the whole day. So I'm like a band-shaped grace on Tuesday. And then on Friday, I was walking around for the whole day. So I'm like a walking grace. But then the band-shaped and straight-shaped grace are the same grace for a temporal parts theory. So it's the same object or they're the same thing. Yeah, so if I... Wise. Yeah, but um, I think the problem that I have with eternalism is more about free will and causation. 
basically we're kind of admitting that future is already determined or like we know the future is as real as present or the past so i don't really know how to cope with that basically yeah, yeah. yeah i get that yeah so maybe we should look for different theory about time then <laughs> yeah well there's also like a very interesting one called um, moving block oh well, moving spotlight theory mm-hmm. so basically you have this like spotlight moving as present but then the past of the moving spotlight is kind of like dimmed but it's already kind of also there so uh-huh. it's also kind of interesting but then how would that work if you have like those different kinds of presence for everyone in the universe you would have like different yeah exactly spotlights yeah, I everywhere guess, i guess just a lot of spotlights mm-hmm. yeah i don't know if you've heard of this no i mean it sounds kind of more like the growing like what people call the growing block yeah. where you have a growing a loaf of bread that grows so the loaf of bread grows up to the present and then the future is still un- not determined yet so um you know as time moves forward in 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 this view um the the loaf of bread is sort of growing um and then the past exists uh, but uh the future is still kind of undetermined but i mean it it's still hard to say well okay if it's growing what is the like the the present moment it still has to be defined and so yeah i i do think that what really it's one of the things that relativity does is it changes the way we um changes the options you know before relativity you had presentism and you had eternalism and you had maybe some growing block but you know those are the only options with relativity theory now all of a sudden you have more complex ways of trying to think about this um and you know the, the spotlight thing could be one of the more yeah mm-hmm. so you're saying that actually basically those options that we were talking about before none of them are really perfectly agreeable with relativity theory that... um relativity theory um makes some of the options less appealing um and then it opens the door for new options i think uh, i think that's what it i mean as we go through to, i mean now we're still back in 1905 like as we move through the 20th century we find that time has more and more structure ending by that like structure well what i mean is um you know now in so first we learn that, that that time is relative so that the now is is relative um but then in general relativity so this is now moving toward like 1916 we find that you know the loaf of bread is not just this flat loaf of bread it's could be a curved loaf of bread the space time is curved and that heavy objects actually have the ability to bend space time um and so that means that time is now not just um per- like dependent on how you move but also depends on where you go so if i go to a really close to a really heavy object my clock will start to slow down if i go close to a black hole as i get closer and closer to the surface of that black hole my clocks tick slower and slower relative to somebody that's very interesting because i think in philosophy we also learned about personal time versus um external time and but personal time basically means like even if you're time traveling for example mm-hmm. or going to space um you age in the way that your personal clock works while for example my friend on earth or mm-hmm. my friend 
in the future waiting for me to travel back would still have the external time going, which is the, around the same time as the world. But when you say when we go very close to a heavy object, your clock slows down. That means my personal time clock, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I think one of the more popular uh, references where this is done actually quite well is in the movie Interstellar. <laughs> right. There is a part where they, yeah. Their time slows down. Yeah. Well, in that planet. Yeah, right? they're in a planet close to a black hole, and that actually, um, uh, yeah, you can actually show that that works out. So, and because they're close to a black hole, their time slows down, and that's actually true. That part of the movie is well done. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. There's a there's a one of my favorite scenes in that movie is, you know, they go close to this black hole and they come back, and Matthew McConaughey's character, who's the one who does it, gets back from this trip, and he's aged I don't know only a couple of minutes or something, uh, but his daughter who is back on Earth has aged like decades, and he's watching these videos of her sending these videos to him, updating her as she's getting older. And um, he's seeing her eventually grow older than he is, um, and I always thought that was a really poignant way to illustrate, you know, the effects of relativity, which are real. We know that they're real. We 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 can see when we take atomic clocks on satellites that we use to make our GPSs yeah. work in our phone. We see that those clocks we have to reset them every day. Exactly. Working. Wow. We have to correct them for these effects because the clocks here on Earth travel slower than the clocks out in space because of these effects. And if you didn't correct, then you wouldn't be able to find yourself. Your your phones would very quickly um, lose track of where you are. Um, uh, but yeah, so you know, maybe one day we will be able to do like Interstellar and uh, <laughs> and actually experience this ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> but so, okay, so we saw that um, that time is is not only affected by uh, how fast we move, but also if there is gravitational force. So if we're moving close to big objects, um, so that makes it even more puzzling. Um, but so this other thing I'd like to talk about is uh, the direction of time because okay so we just talked about how there uh, is a difference or I mean there is a difference between the past and the future and the present at least in our experience um, but it's not exactly clear how uh, how this follows from physics and uh, there's this example of Okay, suppose uh, a glass falls on the ground and it shatters into pieces and we see a video of the reverse thing happening. So we see like all these little pieces coming back together and forming this beautiful shape of a glass. And uh, intuitively we will, I mean, you immediately think, oh, this video is being played in reverse. Like We're seeing things moving in the wrong direction, but yeah, what does this really mean? Like, um, how how can we talk about things moving in a particular direction? What does this come from? And so I'd like to start uh, with you, Grace. So like maybe what is your uh, like intuitive response to why we immediately see that this, this video is being played in reverse? Yeah, um, 
It's interesting, actually. I think a huge part is memory. Like we always have this idea of memory, and that's also what I've wanted to mention before about how we always think past event happened for sure because we have this memory. Yeah. But some philosophers suggest we could treat past event as fictional objects, so like have the same,、um, you know, value as fictional objects. But I think, yeah, in The time direction perspective, our memory definitely plays an important part, and I think also the I don't know how to say it, volition, like our will to think that we can change future event,、mm-hmm. is also something like very psychological or like innate in human. Yeah, that's my intuition, I guess.、Hmm. Yeah, okay, interesting. And、um, so, well, causation, of course, as well. Like we always think causation、yeah. exists or something. Because, because if we If we look at the glass, like forming, if the pieces are forming a glass, we think, how is this possible? Like, what causes what? I guess. Yeah, yeah. And、um, yeah, so hit it. Like, maybe I don't know if you know, but is it physically possible that this this glass is going to form itself and take all the pieces from the ground? And it, it is. Theoretically possible, like if you, and then the way you would say how would there be a cause for this to happen is that the the ground just vibrates at the right time too, so that all the pieces move together. Uh, but um, that way you can you can、uh, invert these sort of weird phenomenon. But、uh, it's highly unlikely that this we would ever、uh, view something like this happen. Yeah, I guess we're just too trained to have this. That's a, that's the thing. Of,、uh, we have、yeah. such a、um, like big space of just examples where we see it always happening in the in the opposite in the like the right way that we it's very intuitive, very weird if it, if it goes the other way around. But so, is there nothing in physics that maybe Sean you can、uh, shed some light on this? Like, is there nothing in physics that says that certain Things cannot happen in. Yeah, I mean, I think we're getting all this intuition about what like physicists and philosophers call the arrow of time, right? So lots of different arrows. We already mentioned a couple. One is, you know, we remember memories of the past, but we don't have memories of the future. That suggests that time goes a particular way, has a particular direction, an arrow.、Um, you know, we see cups break and shatter, but we never see shards of cup. Reassemble into into a, 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 back into a beautiful vase or something.、Um, we see hot coffee cool,、uh, but we never see it start to heat up、um, unless we put it in the microwave. You know, we have to do something to get that to happen. And and this is something that people notice are noticing, obviously.、Um, and yeah, it, it, so some of these examples are, you know. Understood through what some of them call the second law of thermodynamics,、um, where this、uh, idea that yeah, you know, sometimes we call entropy or something, the entropy is always increasing,、um, and so.、Yeah. What is so that means that、um, heat, for example, always spreads in in a room, or if you have a hot thing and a cold thing, then. The the cold thing will become warmer, right? And the hot thing will become cold. So the yeah, I mean exactly like heat always flows from hot to cold.、Yeah. That's basically the second law.、Um, but there are different ways of understanding how that happens, and one of them is through this concept of, of entropy, which、um, 
So it's, it's kind of like about counting all the ways that something could be. Um, and so if you, if you talk about the, the glass um, example, the, the vase that breaks, um, there's so many more ways that it can be broken on the ground than it can be assembled in this perfect like, shape as a vase. And so if you just count all the ways that the vase could be, it's a lot more likely that it's broken on the ground and stays that way than if it kind of reassembles itself. Um, and so, so sometimes people think about the second law as a way of saying that if you start in a, this is not, yeah, if you start in a, in an unlikely state, you'll move toward a more likely one. Yeah. Um, okay. So, and is this, uh, is this law? Kind of, is this why there is a direction in time? This, like the the fact that we always move from more unlikely situations to more likely situations, or from hot like heat will spread. Like, yeah. So I, I mean, I think the idea. So the idea is that people are trying to look for an explanation. Why is it that we see so many of these arrows of time? And um, and so people came up with this idea, which they called the past hypothesis, which is basically just that the universe started in a very, very special state. Um, and you can understand it using the vase example. You say, well, why is it that we always see the vase? Um, well, we can see the vase break, but we don't see it rebuild. That's because the vase started in a very, very special state. Um, it was put that way, it was made, it was constructed by a person with good skill or something. And that requires energy, it requires... And so the idea is that the universe may have started in this very special state. And then if you just let it go, then it's more likely than not going to wind up in a much more normal state, a more typical state. And that that's... Um, it's it's not likely to get more special or just stay that way, um, and so that's what kind of gives this this it gives time this direction. Uh-huh.
Okay, so um, before we've talked about uh, relativity theory, which kind of tells us that time uh, is also a dimension, just like space. But then my question is, like, can we also choose to travel in a different direction of time? And we, we talked about the, uh, the second law of thermodynamics, about how there might really be an certain asymmetry in, in the universe, we move from the past to the present, but is it also possible to move from, uh, from the future to the past, for example? So yeah, let's talk about time travel, basically. Um, maybe, Sean, you can, like, what, what pops up into your mind when you think about time travel? What kind of ways exist to travel through time? Well, um, so I think the biggest potential problem with time travel is uh, this paradox called the grandfather paradox. Uh, grandmother paradox. The, the, the point of the paradox is, uh, suppose I build a time machine, I go back in time, and I kill one of my grandparents, my grandfather, my grandmother. Um, how does that work? Because if I kill my grandfather or my grandmother, uh, then they can never give birth to my parents and they will never give birth to me. But if they couldn't have given birth to me, then how could I have gone back and killed them? And so it's like this this idea that I could kill my grandfather would just completely ruin the whole chain of cause and effect. And so if you want to try to understand if time travel is possible, you have to figure out how to solve this this paradox. Okay. Yeah. Um, you have to find a way around it because you certainly it's not something that you can just like, that could happen. Yeah, but that's actually kind of like a more like logical or philosophical paradox. But is it is it physically possible to travel back in time? Hither, you I think you saw this movie Tenet in in which they do it. But is it? Well, the, in the, the way they do it in there is that they sort of they say we reverse the entropy of certain objects and then we can go back the other way. So they flip this thermodynamic arrow. Yeah, sort of that's the way they... But then in the rest of the movie they sort of leave out how they... How they do How they, that works and how you would resolve these kind of problems is also left out. But like, if you if would be able to find a way to do something like that, then maybe. But... Uh, the first things like that sort of pop in your mind when you talk about time travel is what happens around a black hole or in a black hole. That's, I think, the most realistic parts where you can talk about time travel. Because how, how would that happen if we we go into a black hole? Then what happens? Um, I think that all the, ba the best answers we don't know, but there are theories where you. I think if you went, what happened? It's been a long time ago though when I uh, heard about this, but um, there are ways to resolve what happens when you cross over in a black hole. Like there, it's funny stuff happens, but there are ways to sort of resolve these issues where you say, okay, you go into another universe where maybe time will be before what you. Uh, but then. The, the, the way you would resolve like these kind of grandfather paradoxes is because you're in a different world um, different things would have happened yeah so then the the causal 
thing wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, because you, the, the stuff you do there cannot affect the world where you came from. So. Okay, yeah. And Grace, um, I so in philosophy, do they have you learned anything about these types of time travel paradoxes or? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna talk about the grandfather paradox solution that's offered by David Lewis. Ah, okay. Yeah, I think he said there are two ways that you can think about it. You can kill, but you can also not kill your grandfather. Like, you can because you have the determination and your will to kill your grandfather. But in reality, which is the reality of the world that you just traveled to, like, back. Mm -hmm. Well, no, the original world. So mm -hmm. when you're like older, yeah. and then you travel back to when your grandfather was before he was married or something. Um, so in that world, your grandfather would never be killed because, as you said, it's already a caused event, and you're basically not affecting the causation chain. Like you have no, um, you have you just can't. Yeah, you just can't affect your grandfather. So basically, even if you pull the trigger or something, the bullet will fly somewhere else. Like there's just no way that your grandfather will be dead. Yeah, on that moment. I think that's the that's how I learned in philosophy. Yeah, it seems like I don't know. I would accept this solution. It seems natural. I mean, yeah, I think there's basically two two ways out, and one of the ways is basically the one the one that you just described, Grace, um, which is like like the not killing your grandfather. Or not even being able to kill your grandfather yeah. is a precondition for traveling through time. Yeah. So like you can only you may only be able to travel in time in such a way that you just won't have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, and the second way is like through these speculative ideas about extra worlds, um, like which um, you know one. So this is. You know, one of the consequences of quantum mechanics that people you probably heard all about parallel universes and stuff yeah. that's one way to try to understand what quantum mechanics means um, so it could be that you know in one parallel universe you went back killed your grandfather but when you did that you started a new branch of the universe where you were never born but where you still were able to kill your grandfather but that's actually like I was thinking about another thing that philosophy tackles on time travel it's about causal loop it's a closed loop so the idea is for example me as a 24 year old person travel back to me when I was five and tell myself about how to build a time machine and then I build the time machine and started to travel back when I was 24 and tell my five year old me and then that's a closed loop which if we use the parallel world theory, then like you're influencing all the possible worlds, I guess, because it's a closed thing. And you just, the only knowledge you can get from building the time travel machine is from the 24 year old you, yeah. you know? So I, I would say that like, first of all, these ideas are very speculative and they're not, they're not possible in any theory that we have right now, but they're plausible. It, you know, you take bits of quantum mechanics and bits of relativity, put them together, and maybe you could do this. Um, but it's clear that if you start allowing for these things to happen, you can quickly get a huge mess. Like you said, all these infinite loops of all these infinite numbers of branches of people going back and killing air and creating time machines and stuff. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why I think it's 
good to have a healthy skepticism about whether time travel is possible. Um, but it's interesting that like, as we learn more about physics, about quantum mechanics and relativity, it seems like there are more opportunities for ways that you could actually maybe get it to happen. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, we don't, we still don't know for sure. Still far away. Though. Yeah. <laughs> so, if, yeah. Yeah. So even though like there's all these puzzling things, like the, the, the rate at which your clock is moving depends on mm -hmm. speed. It depends on big bodies that are close to you. It's still is not very likely that we will ever yeah so what we know so far is that it seems that all of those ways that time could bend still can't change the order of yes. events that happened exactly. that, that, that can affect each other yeah so like you know my mother is never going to be born before me mm -hmm. but for any observer um sorry born after me <laughs> <laughs> she should be born before me <laughs> um, yeah uh, but um yeah, so um, the only way we know how to time travel right now is only into the future, right? Yeah, <laughs> we only, always travel through time. Yeah, in but some you, sense, you, could, right? you could also, you can, with what we know, you can speed it up by standing close to the sun or a black yeah, hole. But that's I think that's the definition of time travel by, sorry, Lewis again. <laughs> I think <laughs> what he said is time travel basically means your personal time starts to not match the actual time, like the external time. Mm -hmm. So no matter it's towards the future or back or like to the space or something, um, it's as long as your personal clock doesn't match, even if it's one second, it's already count as time travel. So in a way it's possible already. Yeah, like in, yeah, in the in space-time, in the loaf of bread, everyone is already like moving through time in the sense, right? We're all time travelers, but yeah. it depends like how complicated a time travel you want to. I mean, I think another thing it was interesting is like, okay, how do we build a time machine? You know, that's not easy either. It's not clear that our laws of physics allow that. But it's interesting. I mean, you talked a bit about black holes, um, but you know, there are, ways of bending space-time and relativity that could allow you to build these like wormhole solutions um it's not clear whether you could you know if you built the time machine that you could you could probably only build a time machine that would allow you to go back to the moment it was built there's like little ways of of, of doing trying to come up with ways of doing that but they're all really hard and um in in all of these kind of time travel scenarios and relativity you you need to have a kinds of matter that we that we've never found in the universe before they're like things that it's, it's like negative energy basically so it's 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 just this exotic matter that we we don't know if it exists and we don't know how we can make it but if it did exist then we might be able to build some kind of time machine with it yeah but even that i think um i read something about where the machine would be in absolute space you know when you travel back the earth revolve around the sun and then your machine would stay in like this space-ish place or still on earth like how would you travel back and stuff like that it's also like, very tricky yeah maybe it's kind of like a, a comforting thought that even though there are so many puzzling things about time. It still is. It seems very hard to um, 
to actually travel back into the past. Maybe that is kind of a comforting note to like keep some sanity and close the close the conversation like that. Um, but thanks a lot for you, your opinions and your thoughts on this. Thank the you. Yeah, thank you for inviting uh, us. Yeah, it was fun. My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you.